songs. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. 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 Three songs. That's right, Three Songs Podcast, episode 138. Here we go. November 18, 2020. Bob Nastanovich, Mike Hogan, Bob, what's up, my man? Not much, you know. Watching a lot of um, inane college football and the NBA draft tonight. It's a warm evening here in Des Moines. Uh, you might hear Winnie tonight, the neighbor. Hmm. The neighbor's dog. He's got an interesting howl. Maybe he'll add his um, accents to the background accents to the show, but something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise peaceful evening here in COVID city, number 19 <laughs> USA, COVID you know, city, Iowa. Yeah. Rarely leave the uh, property. Yeah. These days. Smart man, smart man. Stay Go safe. Go to the post office, you know, mail some MG Clark and holiday sidewinder action for broker's tip, um, broker's tip, the horse, um, the Irish version, not the Kentucky Derby winner of the 30s. I was going to say, you've got news about the one from the 30s? I did. I swear to gosh, like um, about four or five months ago, I sat down, I was watching Irish racing, and I look, and there's a two-year-old race. And they they start their two-year-olds up very early there, and there's a horse called Brooker's Tip, who's 66 to 1. And he actually led for a ways. I think he's run about six times, but he would he will have won. He will have won today at uh, Dundalk. Ah, yeah, he won. He won a race. Yeah, so congratulations, Brokers Tip, the Irish bred. Brokers Tip, the American bred. You know, of course, he's he won fa- the fighting finish. Famously, his first win ever came in the Kentucky Derby. The, the only o- one, the only one of his career, the only one of his career, and the only one to break their maiden in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, and as very you controversial fashion as well. Right, course, you know. The, you know the jockey fight down the stretch. Yeah, and that's what Brokers Records is named for. Yes. It started in Louisville in the early 90s. Yes. With the Pale Horse Riders, and now we've become a huge indie rock label. <laughs> that's right. A fantastic yeah. reference for, for a label name. <laughs> uh, yeah. all right. What's going on over there? Oh, uh, the, uh, computer humming? My computer's humming. Yeah, so I kind of mentioned it a little bit on Twitter. We had some ridiculous technical issues last show uh i would say we had at least 12 times where it stopped recording and gave me an error and um so it took me a little while to do some post-production and get it to a somewhat listenable state which is completely rare and then um Today I realized, long story short, the reason why that was happening was my hard drive was in the process of failing. So huh, we're um, we're back running again, and um, you know we're kind of making it. I'd work. like to add that I was completely worthless in that regard. Well, it's okay. There's not much yeah. you could have done. Not much you could yeah, have yeah. done. Even At if least- I was sitting next to you, I. I could have done less than I was if I was sitting here. I was making notes <laughs> and be like, "Okay, after this song, make a cut, you know, make a cut, you know, bef- intro to whatever." And then, in addition, 
you dropped off at some point. Your power on your iPad died, right? Well, it was like 21 degrees out here, and my iPad actually froze. <laughs> so, anyway, tonight I think we'll, we'll be a little smoother. But um, I'll start things off with cool with some um, American punk rock, vintage American punk rock. 1983 for this first one from a band from Colorado who later moved to uh, San Francisco, I believe. Um, yeah, Boulder to Frisco. Yeah. And then to Lawndale Rock City eventually. Well, or at least as far as a label goes to Lawndale Rock City. they Right. From their first EP, this is Angst, um, originally released in 1983 on Happy Squid Records. And then reissued. Oh, yeah, the squid. Yeah, exactly. Reissued a few years later by SST. And they put out three or four records on SST. I'll, I'll, I'll play one for the from the first EP. Kind of gives you more of the punk feel. And then if you'll indulge me, I'll play one from the uh, Light Life LP, their first yeah, LP. Yeah, Light Life. That's the one I know the best. Yeah, the first, the first record, 1985, from SST. So uh, here you go. This is Angst, Die Fighting. get around they don't three piece three piece oh that's right um yeah and that and that first ep is uh all very good beginning to end you know and it's not just straight punk that's that's kind of a a good glimpse on what their sound is like but they've got they've got some more diverse songs and 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 i'll play one i'll play one from light life their first lp um this one's a little mending wall is great too Mending Wall is very good. Yeah, I mean, they're just a band that I think even at the time got a little overlooked. You know, well, they're a band that played first in a lot of like three to four to five band SST bills, right? And you and know, toured. Uh, unless you're an SST aficionado, you know, I don't think angst really comes up in conversation too often. Um, and More super- so than Painted Willie. 
that's fair. But Painted, Painted Willie didn't have as many records and weren't around Less as... Less than All. Yeah. Um, well, you know, All was, f- like, later Descendants, you know. So, I guess right. if you were a Descendants fan, you would have been maybe an All fan. But Less so than Gone. Gone, that's true. But, you know, that's a Greg Ginn side pro- project, essentially, right? Right, absolutely. Um, anyway. Angst was a law unto themselves. Huge Here, influence on Black Black Francis. Yeah, indeed. I could see yeah. that. Um, I could mm-hmm. see that. Here's uh, here's Love Dissolves from the Light Life LP. Yeah, I love this one. This is a great one. <laughs> help but think that in some ways they were a little maybe a little ahead of their time with the whole kind of americana alt country i don't hear much alt country in there but there's there's a little i don't know maybe it's i just not really punk a little right it's there's a little bit I of mean, a twang like the first thing you played is definitely punk right right it's a little it's bit of a twang john risk you know the dual vocals thing you know like yeah, yeah. i can see them being in like an influence on like um 
things like uh, drive-by truckers, like and um, exactly. That's that's exactly. Yeah, what that I mean. kind of like yeah, that kind of yeah, that kind of like um, what Americana like does like kind of rock. Right. No, it's pre- precisely. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, they were ahead of Uncle Tupelo. Um, yeah, 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 like yeah, things like that. Yeah, uh, for sure. I wonder, but I wonder, if, yeah, the, yeah, they probably didn't know. They probably got it all through the Pixies. Yeah, maybe. because um, I just don't. I know, like that. I mean, I've, I don't know Black Francis or Frank Black personally. Um, although I've met him once or twice, but um, I do know that from reading interviews of him that. Light Life is one of his favorite records in a similar fashion that, like, I Love Thin White Rope, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, yep. sort of, like, under-recognized bands that you would see in crowds of 60 people in Boston, in his case, and just be, like, so pumped that you looked at a schedule and they were on it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I think you know, that SST ethic, I think they were a band that was frequently on tour. Right, and they've got to be like also like one of Colorado's most famous rock bands of all time. I mean, Boulder, you know, Boulder Roots. Mm-hmm. Even though they cut their teeth, like their origins are Colorado. Right. Yeah, um, and and I just feel like they're a band that hasn't been rediscovered. You know, you can still get their albums relatively cheaply. <clears throat> um, they're not. You know, I don't know. They haven't gotten their. Deal. The light life's where you want to. What, if you want a starting point, yeah. like, you know, if you are like discogging it, and that first EP, you know, even you know, you can find that first EP pretty cheaply too. If you lean more punk, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it it's not completely punk. I, I could play another day, minute and thirty four. You want me to do? Want me to do triple angst? Relentless angst here on Three Songs Pod. All right, I'll do. Yeah, I'll do. It's, this is only a minute thirty-four, so it's short. This is from the first EP. It's called Another Day. I first got addicted in Amsterdam. I took the first boat out of port. It was on the Black Pool. It was dark and rainy there. Cold Turkey School was just another. as hard as the night was black I had too many ciggies and I wake up with a hack I don't want to get up I roll over I want to go back it's just another just another day I had to go back to the states I felt them calling me I landed in a place called New York City I couldn't stay or hide or run away It was bleeding me It was just another Just another day Someone's painted the window over No light in I'm sitting up on the couch Cause the floor is knee deep in sin I don't want to get up I don't want to go out I don't want to stay in It's just another You can definitely hear how they influenced the Pixies on that one. Yeah, and like, you know, Jason and the Scorchers. There's a whole load of bands, you know, that started in the 80s 
I mean, long riders. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like they would have thought of it as like kind of rock playing rock and roll music mm-hmm. for sure. While opening for the Minutemen. Yeah. Yeah. Was, but... you know, perhaps Sacrament Trust on the bill, you know, or mm-hmm. obviously they played with Black Flag tons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, you anyways, know... I'll go from Colorado to Arkansas. <laughs> I like that. And I'll turn back the clock about 70 years. Well, yeah, 60, yeah, 65, 70 years. Under-recognized rock and roll states, if we call angst a Colorado band. But uh, yeah, sure. big, big Bill Brunsey, you know, I'll call Big Bill Brunsey the blues. Like, we haven't played blues in a long time. You know, traditional blues music. Or, That's right. Do you, know, do you know how big Big Bill Brunsey was? 6'8". Uh, so 6'6", six, six, as far as I know. 6'6", six, six, okay. I'm sure if you know you saw him walk in the room, you, you'd, you'd have guessed six foot eight. <laughs> Arkansas to Chicago, um, kind of a blues man of the working class, and a guy that when he was a kid, and I say kid like preteen, built a fiddle from a cigar box mm-hmm. um, on his own, uh, son of a sharecropper, like many bluesmen. Played a lot of two stage events where the crowd is segregated uh with a white dancing area and a black dancing area which must have been a i think that carried on for a long time actually sure. yeah um but uh first i'm going to celebrate i'm going to play a couple from him and his aren't long either but um he was a wildly influential guitarist on many many legendary guitarists and um I'll talk about that afterwards, but this is Guitar Shuffle by Big Bill Brunsey.
Bill Brunzi. Magic, yeah. Like when he was a teenager, like I guess he picked up an acoustic guitar for the first time and all hell broke loose for him. And you can hear like um, certainly influenced Ray Davies. Yeah. Of the Kinks. Um, obviously Muddy Waters. Um, John Fahey. Sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Ron Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Howe from Yes. Uh, just a complete legend on the acoustic guitar, but he could also sing. And his and he's. I'm going to play his most famous song, "Get Back," which we'll talk about after the song. But it's it's you know it's 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 a classic classic piece of blues. So. People you all know is true If you black and got a word for living now This is what they will say to you They say if you's white, she's all right If you's brown, stick around But if you's black, oh brother Get back, get back, get back I was in a place one night They was all having fun They was all buying beer and wine But they would not sell me none They said if you was white, you was all right If you was brown, you could stick around But as you black, mm-mm, brother Get back, get back, get back I went to an employment office I got a number and I got in line They called everybody's number But they never did call mine They said if you's white, she's all right If you's brown, you could stick around Black, Mm-mm, brother, get back, get back, get back. Me and a man was working side by side. Now this is what it meant. They was paying him a dollar now, and they was paying me fifty cents to say if you was white, you'd be all right. If you was brown, you could stick around, but as you black, oh brother, get back, get back, get back. I opened three victories with my plowing hole. Now I want you to tell me, brother, what you gonna do about the old Jim Crow now? If you's white, she's all right. If you's brown, stick around. But if you's black, whoa, brother, get back, get back, get back. Sadly, still relevant today, right? Well, you know, the interesting thing about that song, historically, is obviously it's a very straightforward set of lyrics, okay? Mm -hmm. And while celebrated by 
Barack Obama, for example, as a triumph. It's also been celebrated by like skinhead organizations, like National Front, in the UK. They, you know, they sing it like, you know, get back, you know. Hmm. So it's it's interesting how a song that was written in the late 30s, early 40s by an Arkansan who made his career in Chicago gets used, modernized in certain ways, like sort of reinterpreted by white supremacists, for example. Right. Um, right. Twisting. And abused, like basically yeah. taking, abusing a legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, I, I just think it's interesting part of that. A shame. That's, a shame. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously Bill was writing it from it's, the standpoint of his own experience. Oh, totally. As a black man in the South and then later in ch- Chicago, but, you know, even still never able to escape. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, he's he's six six. he's named Big Bill, um, not able to easily blend in as a large black man uh, in the 30s and 40s. So, you know, it's just kind of sickening that that message is taken and distorted and used as a white power message. Yeah, completely. No. Um, but his playing, I mean, his playing is so beautiful, especially even, you know, the, the, the clean finger picking in that first song that you played, just incredible, incredible. Um, it's, you know, I think it's obviously a genius and a prodigy who attached himself to homemade and handmade string instruments and just like when he's actually handed like you know a proper instrument was just like in a complete blissful state you know (laughs) i mean like it's like holy cow this is you know this is what everybody else has sort of thing you know so right i think that's like um you know maybe that's the way a lot of prodigious musicians like get going in a lot of ways it's like they update their equipment you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so, well it's you I know mean, i guess it's sort of the um musical equivalent of swinging you know like two donuts in the in the on deck circle and then when you when you you get up there and you have the real thing it just it feels so much lighter and easier or like playing you know soccer with like you know the bag of rocks you know, or, <laughs> right. or like you know <laughs> That's fair. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Like, you know, give them a proper ball. Look what they can do, you know. Right, right. So. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to play something. I kind of go back to America. Well, we've kind of stuck around in America. I'm going to go to, uh, I guess. We'll be uh, leaving. We'll be leaving on the show. That's tonight. true. We will be. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be going to, uh, I think, Hoboken, right? Aren't they, uh, you know, isn't uh, or New, at least New York area. Um, and I'm going to be playing a guy who was in a band that you've played uh, way, way early on one of the earliest episodes. I'm talking about the, the DBs, and I'm talking about... Yeah, but they were, they were like a Georgia thing. Um, yeah, but didn't they move to New York? Yeah, totally, though, but I think these guys, I think they're all from... North Carolina. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Stamey, yeah. yes, Apple, yeah, correct. Georgia, yes. no, yeah, definitely like you know, DB Records and right, right. But later, later oh. went to and kind of aligned when. The, so I'm going to play something from Will Rigby, his his first solo, the record. drummer for the DBs, the drummer for the DBs, first solo record from 1985, and this is it's when classic he was firmly in 
the Hoboken scene. Um, yeah, which uh, was a scene. Yeah, well, the cover was done by Georgia Hubley of this this record. It was put out on uh, Egon Records, which... Um, Total Hoboken, first Yola Tango 7-inch, Exactly, sure. released Yola Tango stuff. Um, and and this, is, Sheila. this is a record... Um, Sidekick Phenomenon is the name of it. Came out in 1985. You can still find it was never reissued. It's not available on any streaming. Um, you can find mint copies of it. You know, sealed copies on Discogs right now for seven bucks plus shipping. Oh, get yourself one. It's a good uh, record. It is a really good record, and um, you know, it's unavailable on any other digital format. You can't stream it. You can't download it. He didn't. He hasn't even put it up on his Bandcamp. He has. He does have a Bandcamp page, but. Um, and this was this was uh, at the time he was dating and not yet married to uh, Amy McMahon, who later became Amy Rigby, um, and they've since divorced. But she did some of the photos for the record. She plays guitar and sings vocals on some of the songs. And well, they would have played together in the Shams. They would have played together in the Shams, and. Um, I'm going to play a song. It's uh, track one on side two. It features bass from Jeff Beninato from the DBs and guitar from Peter Holsapple of the DBs. Brilliant guy. Um, but this one was written, written and sung by Will himself. It's called The Question. Do you want our love to be a candle with a limited lifespan? Or do you want our love to be an eternal flame? If falling in love is the answer, honey, that is the question. I'll ask it again and the answer will be the same. I'm not jealous of the times you're not around me. I just want you all to myself, honey, when you are I can't hold you as tight as I want to when there's others around us But to call it holding you down would be going too far Well, do you want our love to be a candle with a limited lifespan? Or do you want our love to be an eternal flame? If falling in love is the answer, honey, that is the question. I'll ask it again and the answer will be the same.
songs that's just so well written you think it has to be like a classic cover but that's will himself with the well i mean he obviously has an affinity for merle haggard I mean, well, sure but it just yeah, it's know. it's sounds... i think like you know a lot of time people move from the south to the new york city metropolitan area and of course like i always lived in north jersey as and worked in new york and um you know, these guys relocated well before I did. And you kind of want to like, maybe it's like sort of like, like a comfort zone or like homesickness, but you want to like, you want to like remind yourself where you're from. Sure. Sure. You know, and like, you know, if you like Hank Williams senior and mm-hmm. Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. and, you know, even Ricky Skaggs. And, well, he he covers Willie. I mean, the first song on the album is a Willie Nelson song. Yeah, so I mean, you know, he's just like, let's make Hoboken country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's you know just one of these. And keep in mind, in Nashville at the time, there weren't rock and roll was not really a thing. So that's right. It's I just... think if you're doing like country music in New York, unless you're a visitor, but like residents of the New York City metropolitan area, like they didn't do that. No. No. So if you've come, like, I went there from Charlottesville and Richmond, like, those guys, like, you know, they were, the DBs were famous, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he was a drummer, and, and obviously the reason why to make solo records is that, you know, the DBs were, like, a, a great, I think they're called, like, a jangle pop band or something like that, brilliant band, great mm-hmm. rock band, mm-hmm. but... College rock, even, as we've said on the show yeah i mean i mean whole sapples just like he, he can just one of those guys can do anything sure and chris damey too yeah i mean <laughs> you know yeah. i mean yeah so uh poor will was you know playing second fiddle third fiddle to those guys and you know he broke out on his own with a solo record that 
I think is kind of one of those forgotten classics, you know? It's never been reissued. You can find it cheaply. It's like nobody talks about the Will Rigby solo record, but it's just really good. Sidekick phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Sidekick phenomenon. Kind of, I guess he named it up for his own experience. <laughs> Indeed. Very so, appropriate. So I'm gonna I'm gonna um, dip further into the obscure with a with a nugget that I've discovered in this year, um, through my budding friendship with a gentleman named Chris Catlin, who lives in Dorset in England. Um, he comes from down south Bournemouth Way, Port City, and uh, he runs a great label called Recno. You can check out their Bandcamp page. It's R E C K N O. Okay. Um, there's some really cool stuff he's got on it. I really dig the um, this thing called Kinlon Skyler that he's got on there. It's like electronic music, and then there's I think his most recent thing is something called Love for Everest, which is really cool sounding too. But way back when I met him in the late '90s when Pavement played in Portsmouth, and um, it was one of those shows where like they put us in a space that was far bigger than our following down there mm-hmm. <laughs> so it seemed empty but it was so it was nice to meet um proper enthusiastic people afterwards and and chris was one of them and uh subsequently he went on to form a band um that put out a record i think cd only on a label called super glider called cloud 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 the band was called true swamp neglect okay which obviously was not going to grab many headlines but it's it's a it's a album cloud 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 that's loaded with really cool songs and this is one of the really good ones and it's called t song letter t song but it's it's about t t a so mm-hmm. for the most but and a lot of other things it's it's very clever and like the um sort of built to spill mode um, it's actually a really cool song Tea Song by True Swamp Neglect From the teetotal perspective Of a long distance truck driver Young vampire side And stayed awake overnight His glazed eyes Shine like a set of steak knives Blood ran off Of the Gore-Tex code In real time Time's up and it's time to jump And cuff your hands and feet To my hands and feet I'm a trustworthy semi-professional Parachute pack with the inherited face Of a kamikaze pilot in reverse Soon we'll be digging through the dirt With our concrete arms speaking in tongues, legs and traction And tapping the sweaty hand of the assassin in slow motion We're trying to show no emotion I've been dead once reincarnated as Christmas lights Boxed in a loft for 50 weeks of the year When my beard grows I'll wrap it round you like a blanket We will eat sand and drink our own tears Being a spy was fine for about 5 minutes Till so much blood started flowing I could swim away in it Off a cavalry arrived with flags stuck in their chest The rest are nailed to message boards on World Wide Web Some so long that you can't see the other side The cock crow 
falls once and then coughs like an engine or dies of the boredom that lay before him in the ash of burnt calendars and marks of respect rain clecks in the eye of the monument so messy like a shaky taken polaroid of two horses french kissing and or pissing out pain they wrote their names in piss then co-wrote a novel called freeze the clothes i'm wearing and burn the fingerprints and i would kill for that book i'd kill to be lonely i lived as a joke Choked in a field and since taking a job I spent triloquist dummy I'd get plenty of sleep And regular meals and we could all draw straws Draw swords or draw portraits Stand over the drain until the rain pulls us through And you're too busy looking over your shoulder And feeding string to an angel in a foreign swimming pool Things have not been the same since I came down from the mountain I don't strike like a hard on True Swamp Neglect. I like that. That was really cool. Um, yeah, cool. Really cool record. Um, you can get on. You can get. You can go listen to it on Bandcamp. It's got a lot of really cool stuff on it. Like, um, definitely reminds me of like you know a certain era of like Camper Van Beethoven mm-hmm. and um, you know David Berman. You know, obviously, I think is it all kind of that been a, level of uh, like is it that kind of quiet and then builds is it is is that like a representative song of most of the record or no there's a wide variety there's a tremendous sense of dynamics but there's a few of those that's like um you know i like songs that build Mm -hmm. and um you know with a sense of kind of triumph to them (laughs) they definitely have a british sensibility to them as well yeah that's clever wordsmith Mm -hmm. and uh i just think it's cool song true swamp you never thought you'd hear true swamp neglect tonight i did not know i would hear true swamp neglect and uh, but check out the label like Recno, r-e-c-k-n-o it's okay. all over the place like um yeah. a lot of like um songs that are listens and when i say that i mean like they've got some length to them but there's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of like um very talented musicians doing very wacky things like it's it's like one of these things like it's almost like there's no interest in commercial success it's just like putting out really interest interesting pieces of music so now your buddy runs that label and was yeah chris catlin chris Chris catlin and and he was in true swamp neglect yeah okay cool i like that i will definitely i met him briefly when i was a young man i think i gave him i think i gave him a warm beer (laughs) i'm sure he appreciated it (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's what was there. Right. That's right. <laughs> you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, choosers can't be beggars. <laughs> that's that's true, too. Uh, all right. I'm going to play something back from the 60s now. Um, and I'm going to play a woman who really only released one record in 
her time and then later has been kind of rediscovered in that original album called Take a Picture, which was released on Bell Records in 1968, um, now fetches, you know, maybe four figures um, for the original copy. Yeah, I've seen plenty of that. Yeah. um, It was her only release. Margot Gurian is her name. Um, G-U-R-Y-A-N. Yep, G U R Y A N Margo without the T. Exactly, and um, so you know she's kind of since been been rediscovered. They uh, there have been a number of reissues and some demo recordings that have come to light. The vinyl re-release, the vinyl re-release, and like a box set compilation of you know. And I think it was one of those things where um, years later when. People discovered her. They wanted to, um, or the record labels wanted to release any recording that they could find of her. So, you know, especially since she had such a finite amount of recordings and music available. Um, so, I'm going to play something that is like a bonus track. It's one of the demos that came out later, was not part of the original release of Take a Picture released in 1968, but came out in the early 2000s with some of those box set reissues. Uh, This is Margot Gurian doing a song called Timothy Gone. Cool. Just a pretty little pop song with some kind of jazz leanings, like a little more complex than just a straight little folk song, but sweet song. Who put that out in 68? That was Bell Records. Um, yeah, because it must have been like very like limited and obscure release. Like she's from Queens. Yeah, right. She, uh, she was an It's assistant- like weird to think of like, you know, like indie rock back then but like that's probably what that was i guess yeah she was an assistant to creed taylor who famously founded impulse records um and her songs were like covered by like mama cass and mm-hmm. like 
Spanky and our gang. That's a one thing I've, I see that sometimes in thrift stores. Spanky and our gang records. Should I buy them? I uh, I have no idea. I mean, um, Astrude Schoberto. Yeah, Astrude. Yeah, for sure. Um, now you you have a song. When I mentioned I was going to play something from her, you said you have a song that you really like and you wanted me to cue up. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, it was, I, I just think like um, it's a great example of her really breezy vocal style like she's i think a tremendous pianist but like um yeah just like yeah spin it for me because i love this i just love this song okay from from the tape it's a a mixed tape it's from from the album from the album yeah um take a picture this is called someone i know yeah love this song that as breezy i think that's a very good description and it's a very good good life sounding song like uh, you know like everything's good everything's you know everything's just gonna be fine that's very and i swear it's not gary young on drums yeah and it sounds it, it sounds does, like it does Gary's sound like gary's roles like, yeah um, whatever it was was like and I think you're spot on by saying that was like the 60s version of indie rock because to me that almost sounds like a precursor to Bell and Sebastian in a way. 
an American. Yeah, no, definitely an American Bell and Sebastian. Just a beautiful little pop song. Who knows if they've heard it? I would bet they have. Yeah, at this point, yeah, after yeah. the rediscovery, right? Because we've right. we've heard it. <laughs> right, exactly. It's um, more their style. Yeah, that's totally their style. So I'm yeah. sure I'm sure someone has turned them on to it some sometime or another. Yeah. They got their finger on the pulse way more than we do. Think. <laughs> that's true. And I, yeah, that's true. So is that up to me now? It's up to you. You're going to end this. Oh yeah, I think it's been a fine episode. One thirty-eight. I'm going to take you back to um, my first visit. Perhaps my second. No, I think my first visit ever to Sydney, Australia, a city that I hold dear. Uh, had some wonderful days, wonderful days off in Bondi Beach with a gentleman named Steve Pavlovich, who ran Fellaheen Records, which Pavement was on, and mm-hmm. guy that I knew really well in the 90s, and I hope he's doing well. I haven't spoken to him in some time, but I imagine he's doing well. But he turned us on on an early visit to... A band called Noise Addict. Right. Um, yeah. That was comprised of like 12 and 13 year olds. Yeah. And uh, um, kids. They had a pretty famous song called I Wish I Was Him, which caught the attention of Mike D at Grand Royal, mm-hmm. um, Thurston. And there's a kid that led the band named Ben Lee. It's hard to believe that I've known him now for 30 years and he's. 42 i'd like to mention that he spent a big part of his week phone banking with his wife they live in la and um phone banking for uh two georgia senatorial candidates named john ossoff and and uh the reverend warnock mm-hmm. and uh but uh, ben's an amazing character he's like one of those old souls you know because i was in my mid-20s and i felt like i was talking to somebody my age and he was 13 and we played a show, like an early show, if not their first like gig, like one of their first gigs. And interesting thing about Sydney, like the old rock and roll clubs, like are also um, hotels. And so there's a stage and a pub, and and I can't remember the name of the actual venue. But um, I kind of had to guard. All the parents, all the parents were there, and it was a bunch of like you know thirteen and fourteen year olds, and I kind of had to guard them from our room because Gary was up to some debauchery back there. Um, <laughs> and uh, but anyways, he went on to become a very he's made eleven solo records, and um, he's still going strong as far as I know musically. Um, had some memorable moments with him over the years, um, stories that are too long to tell. Um, actually would like to be in his company for a lot of them. Uh, but, uh, miss him. And, uh, this is a classic of his off of a, that big label new West, which I think is like a Nashville thing, or maybe they moved to LA new West records, 2005. The album's called awake is the new sleep. And, uh, this is one of his biggest hits called gamble everything for love. Everything, put it in a place you keep what you need. You can 
gamble everything for love If you're free, you gotta gamble everything for love Baby, you cold, you cold Baby, I can wrap you up, wrap you up in my love If you want it, you can gamble everything for love If you want it, you can gamble everything for love Tell me how you feeling lost if you crossed Into places that you never knew to get through Tell me how you gonna cry all night Tell me the truth and I'll tell you the truth If you gamble everything for love You're gonna be song yeah it's just a wonder he's a wonderful you know it's amazing to know that guy when he was a kid and um just one of those personalities that was just fearless like you know not intimidated by anything you know and uh he's got two kids now and and uh just a really positive bloke i contacted him a couple times in the last few weeks about a thing him and Stuart braithwaite breathe weight from mogwai and like they're extremely positive in their response and like that so like you know it's just uh ben's just a great guy and uh you know i miss him so yeah well thank you for playing that i i don't really know a whole lot of his stuff i remember noise addict i remember there was actually quite a bit of hype at the time you know like you mentioned uh, Grand Royal um, was on it. Thurston was touting him, and um, oh, I ne- he went on and did like a shit ton of like really cool things. Yeah, so. I never really heard a whole lot of his solo stuff. Like here and there, I'd hear songs, but 
um, it's kind of a blind spot for me. So thanks for reminding me, and uh, I will definitely check him out. Yeah, there's a lot to listen to. So a lot to listen to. I think he's made at least ten ten solo records, but just a really talented kid. <laughs> he's a kid. He's 42. Right. But he's really talented. You know, it's like it's weird when you're like, I guess maybe it makes me feel old, but like, you know, superbly talented kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on you, Ben. That's right. Um, well, thank you, Bob. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah. Fun show. Great show. And uh, pleasure as always. Um, hang in there. We'll do maybe another one of these next week before, before our, uh, you know, stay at home Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. We could pop in one on Friday. That's true, too. Yeah, maybe we could do one later this week as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see how it works. See how your computer gets going. Thanks for making it happen tonight. Absolutely. It's been it's been fun. And, uh, uh, yeah, love you, mate. Uh, love you yeah, yeah, love all. Yeah, love you, too. Yeah, look after yourself. Yeah, and um, stay healthy, stay safe, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you.